the studios of KPCW in Park City, this is The Mountain Life, Healthy Living in the Wasatch. I'm Lynn Ware Peak. Today, my guest co-host, Jay Burke, and I speak with local resident, journalist, author, and KPCW DJ, Kate Rice. She shares her memoir about surviving and thriving after stage four cancer in her new book, Cured. Then Spencer Pettit, the VP of Marketing at Good Earth Market in Park City, that's formerly Fairweather Natural Foods, he'll join us in the studio to talk about the company's commitment to providing wholesome foods and nutritional supplements to help individuals gain optimum health of body and mind. These guests, when we return, you're listening to The Mountain Life here on KPCW Park City. Stay with us. We'll be back after these words. Welcome back to The Mountain Life. I'm Lynn Ware Peak. And I'm Jay Burke. A little more than two years ago, our next guest, Kate Rice, was diagnosed with anaplastic thyroid cancer. It's a disease so aggressive that it only comes in one stage, four. Average survival rate of those diagnosed with it is just four months. But guess what? She's still here. She left her old life and her old self in the dust. She moved from New York City to Park City, living the life that she has always wanted. And she wrote a book about it. It's called Cured. Kate is a longtime freelance writer and journalist, and she's also a volunteer DJ here at KPCW. She joins us now. Kate Rice, welcome to The Mountain Life. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks so much for having me. Well, Kate, this story is about so many things. Jay and I were talking about this, you know, so many parallels and metaphors for life. But a lot of it is about, you know, living your best life, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Listening to your heart. And it's interesting how so many of us don't think we have the ability to do that until something huge happens to us, like we survive a stage four cancer diagnosis. Can you go into that just a little bit more to describe what made you take hold, take the reins and control your life? Well, right before I got that diagnosis, I had gotten divorced and I had been in a very, very unhappy marriage for years and years and in total denial. I fooled everyone except myself. And I had come, the marriage had, you know, blown up in a firestorm and I got divorced and I was in a very deep, dark place that I had to really dig myself out of a a deep hole of depression and guilt and self-blame and stuff. And I did a lot of work and I just sort of clawed myself out of that hole and I was just getting ready to be brave leave New York City which was tough it's where my kids grew up you know if I left they wouldn't have their mom's home to come to anymore but I was uh, I was like already I had a book a flight booked Airbnb rented so I could sort of test drive life in Park City but before I went I had 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 to have thyroid surgery I had had my so I had had suspicious nodules monitored or actually biopsied every year on my thyroid for years, and in the summer of 2021, those uh, I got lumps in my neck. Called my endocrinologist who had been doing those biopsies for years to say I think we need to take a look, and I couldn't get in to see her for like six months. So it I started out on this journey to find a doctor and different doctors. Um, it took two and a half months, and but finally I did have surgery. And the day before I was to leave for Park City, I went in to see the doctor for the final follow-up after the thyroid surgery. 
I looked like Mrs. Frankenstein with this big scar on my neck. I'm like, I'm set for Halloween. And um, she said, you have cancer. And then she handed me a printout with a diagnosis. She couldn't even tell me. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. First of all, I had just run this 17-mile run over a 13,000-foot mountaintop down in Telluride, the Imogene Pass run. I was like, I don't feel like I have stage four cancer. Although in my training, I had noticed over the summer, I was like, I, I couldn't do my long runs. I kept having to stop and stuff. And so the one thing on that printout though, gave me hope. It said, you know, stage four, the survival rate. And then um, it said, there are some long-term survivors. And I just grabbed that sentence and I held on to it. Well, this is this is deep, but I mean, like, what is that you, when you heard that? I mean, where you were in your life, what do you immediately think? Like, I'm just going to pack everything up and shoot off and go hide and and live life to the fullest. Well, I had to. First, I was like, I can't, I can't believe this, and I really couldn't. And I was also furious because I had spent two and a half months trying to get doctors to take care of me and so i didn't actually believe the diagnosis they had never seen it before the pathologist who made the diagnosis had, had never seen it before um and so part of it was disbelief and part of it was well somebody has to take action and it's sure not going to be this hospital so i took i took a screenshot of that paragraph and texted it to my three brothers, my sister, and a cousin who I'm very close to, who happens to live in Houston, Texas, home of MD Anderson Cancer Center. And before I even got home, I left the hospital, was walking up Columbus Avenue. She was texting me the number of the intake person for the clinic that specialized in treating and curing the cancer that no one at this big New York City hospital had even seen before. So that was the start of your journey yes. back to mountain living. And, and yep. can you give us a little bit of a timeline of where you are now? I mean, in reading through the story, I mean, it seems to follow along your journey. But where where are you today? How is your health today? I'm, I am fine. I'm a part-time ski instructor, although I'm on a little hiatus because I injured my knee but um i get up i don't run anymore but that's because of hip trouble i have from you know running and skiing and doing all that stuff for 50 years and i'm just living my best life ever i go back right now i go back to md anderson every six weeks to get scanned and for immunotherapy as i progress through this like i, I immediately spent five weeks at md anderson i got a second surgery my surgeon had the biggest cowboy boots I ever saw and also the fanciest. <laughs> and I mean, it was hilarious. I actually had a blast. It's, you know, they're zapping me in the radiation room and imagine dragons radioactive <laughs> comes on. But anyway, so I spent, as I progressed through my cure, stuff kept happening on the science side. So my very first meeting with my chemo doctor who, who said, you're gonna keep your hair because you're just getting low dose chemo. Um, he mentioned immunotherapy, but nobody else said anything about it. And then I completed the five weeks of chemo and immunotherapy, um, and I went west. I had I hired a friend who was an organizer to pack up my apartment um, in New York and put it in storage in Hoboken, and um, and I just 
headed west. I stayed in Colorado in an Airbnb near one of my brothers just because we weren't sure what the side effects were going to be like. And while I was there, MD Anderson called me a few days before Christmas and said, hey, we think you're, I mean, I was disease free at that point. They said, hey, we think you're a candidate for immunotherapy. And so I've been going back for that every once in a while, you know, something pops up, but there's just something that they can do and to take care of it. And one thing I want to point out is that there is a big change in cancer in general. There's actually a really good article about it in the June 16th edition of the New York Times um, is a revolution in cancer treatment within reach. And that is scientific developments and treatments and cures are progressing faster than cancer grows in a lot of people's bodies. And that's been the case with me. So I am like, I was asymptomatic from the get-go for reasons unclear to anyone. So this, it never had any impact on my lifestyle except for when the radiation made me lose my voice for about a month. That was mm. tough. <laughs> I think it was a relief to everyone around me, but. <laughs> if you're just joining us on The Mountain Life, we're having a conversation with journalist and author, Kate Rice. She's also a local resident, a part-time ski instructor, and she's a DJ at here at KPCW. And she survived a stage four cancer diagnosis and a plastic thyroid cancer. She writes in her new book, Cured. It's a tale of bad ass, but we can't say that on the radio. So we'll say, we'll call it a tale of fearlessness and bravery, really. So Kate, you know, I wonder, and, and I wanna be sensitive to anyone who's ever had a cancer diagnosis. We all, you know, would have a range of responses, emotions, and reactions to that. Yours, in particular, was this full stop of how you had been living your life, which was not being an advocate for yourself, not really having a voice. Um, you were raised in Wisconsin. You were stoic. That's that's how they are in Wisconsin. You just accept, and you don't you don't say much. You just live. And so, there was a real shift for you immediately. Not everyone would have that shift. Why do you think you did? I wanted to live. That was life is hard, makes you cry. Some days there's nothing like your bed, and um. But I, I wanted to live, and I just, I just decided that I had just come through so much, and I was just like, I am going to be here, and it also, um, I had already started to stand up for myself. Like, I stood up to the doctors who couldn't see me and found different doctors. Even before that, I had started using my voice quite literally. You know, this I was a kid who died at piano recitals at St. Pat's. I, for high school stip plays, I was like doing makeup. I started singing rock and roll, lead vocalist. And I fell into doing stand-up comedy because I took a comedy writing course because good comedy writing is good writing. And and um, I, to my surprise, it was stand-up comedy, right? So I already started doing that sort of thing and doing things I, I would never have imagined myself doing. And, you know, when you tell your kids, I got stage four cancer in six months, but there are long-term survivors, and I promise you, I am gonna be one of them. That's motivation. Mm, that's huge motivation. 
And then you also, I mean, I know a lot of people in Park City will do these big athletic endeavors. And it's a way to say like, oh, if I can do this, I can do anything. And you refer a lot about that race that you, running race that you did near Telluride over Imogene Pass that was, you know, 13,000 feet. And it was almost incredulous for you that wait a minute, I'm having, I have a stage four cancer diagnosis, but I just did this run. Like, how does, how does that work? Did that also give you the extra kind of impetus? It absolutely did. And I just want to make one aside um, because about other people who are facing a cancer diagnosis or have lost a loved one, loved one, my dad died of cancer and a dear cousin did. So I understand the pain and the anguish of that um and so i just want to make that clear to, to to everyone i totally am in sympathy with you but yes imogene was a huge inspiration for me i mean all my water bottles because i'm i'm i would always was big on drinking water and now even more so have an imogene pass sticker and that was sort of my talisman my goal my that was i was going to run it again I think kind of on those same lines, um, it's it, what would you say, like looking at the bigger picture, because in reading through your story, it's there was so much before your cancer diagnosis. Like what I mean, what would you tell listeners like how, what's that motivator? What's that thing you've learned from this that maybe you would have addressed before? even the cancer diagnosis like because i feel like we're all like i think all the time i need to go do this right now you know and, and then i don't so how, like what have you learned through that and what could you share with us just say yes just do it now all the little fears that kept me from doing all that other stuff i look back and they're so inconsequential you know people who discouraged me or who I felt lesser than and they, they're just inconsequential. It's just, just live it now. And one thing I realized, I, a nurse said something to me in the midst of all this. She said, I see so many patients who just give up. I can count patients like you on one hand. And it's just uh, like, yeah, just try it. there's you have no idea what you can do no idea what you're capable of that's awesome can you share this is the mountain life and the you know we're in park city what has the community of park city and being back in the mountains done for your overall like approach to your health and wellness um can you share a little on that with us First of all, just being here, you know, I go out for my power walk and just looking at the mountains, they heal me. And Park City was so welcoming. I was like, oh man, I'm just going to be another, you know, COVID carpet beggar from New York. Nobody's going to want to talk to me. And it was so, my neighbors are wonderful. My first landlord, I, I last minute found a place. He was so easy to deal with on breaking my lease. Um, I did KPCW like puts an ad on the radio saying, Hey, we're looking for, we're looking for DJs, no experience necessary. I'm like, 
I'm perfect. You know, Vale sends out an email. Hey, want to be a ski instructor? I'm like, whoa, okay. And I've just like found so, I mean, I joined a gardening group. I, um, I'm in the Rotary Club. It's just every time I turn around, there's just somebody who is a friend. I mean, I started working on political campaigns and um, I just found it un astonishingly welcoming and so easy to do stuff here. That's <laughs> well, awesome. That's, that's nice to hear. To a certain degree, you felt, okay, first, I want to say anyone can get a cancer diagnosis, no matter how positive you are about life, no matter how negative you are about life. But there's something in you and in your story that makes me feel like in some way, you felt like the cancer diagnosis came because of the life that you were living. Can you explain? Absolutely. And as you said, there's many, many causes of cancer. But I think I got this diagnosis because it was thyroid cancer. And a holistic friend of mine said immediately, thyroid cancer is about unexpressed words and unexpressed anger. And I had been raised to be a good girl. Don't stand out. Put everybody else first. And just to quash my, like, you know, Wisconsin, you, you said it, stoic Norwegians, don't cry. You have to be so modest. Do not draw attention to yourself. But I actually liked having people pay attention to me. And I quashed myself. I was like the super supportive wife, you know, putting my husband's career first. And me, I was going to be, I had to have sure I had a job that I could work, but take care of my kids, which I did want to do. And statistics show that women, there was an article I read recently in Time Magazine, self-silencing is making women sick on October 3rd. And the author, um, Maya Aiel says, women get almost 80% of autoimmune disease cases. We're just at higher risk for chronic pain, long COVID, migraines, um, twice rate, rate of PTSD, all, and all of these things that reward us being agreeable, extreme selflessness may predispose us to things like HIV, cancer. And, and I, I mean, I was like the, I was textbook as far as that goes. And when I would talk about it to my nurses at MD Anderson, they were like, see it all the time. Wow, that's big. On your website, you also post other kind of miracle stories, and I don't even want to use the word miracle, but they are stories of people who survive cancer diagnoses that were, you know, really long shots. And so talk to us a little bit about your belief about self-cure. Well, as soon as I got the diagnosis, I emailed everyone I knew who had a miracle cure story. The friend whose dad got, you know, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer decades ago and like died decades later of something else. The um, friend whose husband's like, you know, he lit up like a Christmas tree and it, what they treated him with hadn't been available five years ago. I just found the, a bunch of those stories in my inner circle. And then a friend of mine um, who had also beaten a very dire cancer turned me on to this these meditations and I found more miracle stories there. I looked for miracle stories. I found a book called Cure, the Life-Changing Science of Spontaneous Healing by Dr. Jeffrey Redditor, who is like on the faculty at the Harvard Medical School. And he was he started researching 
all of these so-called spontaneous remissions, which supposedly only happened in one in every 100,000 cases. But every time he spoke at a concert, at a conference, he'd say, hey, anybody seen any spontaneous remissions? And inevitably, a bunch of people would raise their hands. So he had a whole book on all these people who got cured of like, you know, again, pancreatic cancer. And a lot of them had changed their lifestyles. Like the kid who said, I don't want to go to law school. I'm not going. I'm going because somebody else wants me to go. You know, the woman who starts standing up to her domineering husband. So they're all over the place once you start to look for them. And I found actually since um, my diagnosis, I've met two other people diagnosed roughly the same time I was. One is disease-free and the other just had a whole bunch of stuff shrink. So like right there in, you know, this is all my inner circle. I mean, that's a, it's amazing to hear those stories. So I, I mean, I just love the vigor with which you're, you've attacked this time period in your life, but one's really stands out. And, and I just got asked the question about this rock and roll singing. <laughs> tell, tell us what you're, what are you doing that? Are you in a band here in park city? I'm not, I am not right now, but I'm starting to sing again. Um, what happened was I, I just fell into a, um, sort of a school for rock in New York and we would perform at the bitter end. And, um, I, so I couldn't sing for a while because my vocal cords got really blasted by the radiation, but I started voice. I went, I went to a speech therapist, started all of these, um, exercises, started, went to a music teacher down in Salt Lake and after a few lessons, she was like, oh, you just hit high C again. So I just did find a group through through my one of my ski instructing clinics. I met another ski instructor. He and some other folks do some jamming. So I'm going to start jamming with them. Me, another DJ and I at KPCW, who's also a singer, um, and Jolene Krausman and I, we've got a date. We're supposed to do karaoke together. Um, and that's like got me back. Uh, now I have accountability. And um, so that's got me back on practicing singing and doing all my exercises, be my, my vocal exercises. But the thing I want to say about that, I couldn't believe how quickly my vocal cords came back. I mean, I totally lost my voice. And the thing is to remember, our bodies want to heal. And that was just like one more way thing that just like was the universe saying, yep, this is going to happen. I love it. Um, so when, when you get a diagnosis and, you know, a lot of people seem to just roll over and just accept, you know, here's the diagnosis and I'm going to go through the steps and whatever happens. Um, I mean, how do you, how do you keep looking forward every, every day and some of your wellness efforts that you're probably making on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, for me, I just look at how far I've come. Not, And I'm not talking about the diagnosis, which in certain ways has been easier to deal with because I had this team to help me. But I look back at where I was like 10 years ago and the depths that I was in. And all I have to do is look back at that and, and just see how far I've come and what I'm capable of doing. And, and then, of course, I'm surrounded by inspiring people doing all sorts of things in a lot of different ways um just pursuing these exciting risk-taking lives 
but you know, life is ultimately fatal, you know? So why the heck not take a little risk and just <laughs> stick your neck out? Mm -hmm. Kate Rice is our guest. She's an author and a journalist. She's a KPCW DJ and she's written a new book. It's a memoir. It's called Cured. It's a tale of, wow, lots of bravery, action, fearlessness. And Kate, we're so glad you could join us on The Mountain Life. And when you and Jolene get your group together, we want to have you back <laughs> on The Mountain Life to perform live. How about that? Oh, whoa. Okay, that's serious accountability. <laughs> well, thank, I mean, thank you, Lynn and Jade. Thank you both. It's such a pleasure to talk to you because... I'm such a big fan of the show anyway. And um, so I just, I can't thank you enough for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And again, Kate Rice, our local KPCW DJ, journalist, author of the book Cured. Very interesting book and conversation. Thanks, thanks, Kate. Welcome back to The Mountain Life. I'm Lynn Ware Peak. And I'm Jay Burke. The cold months continue here in Park City and staying healthy is a top priority for all those of us who want to be outside taking advantage of all the season has to offer. Today we're joined by Spencer Pettit from Good Earth Markets. He'll share a few tips for keeping healthy all season long. We'll discuss everything from supplements to smoothies and groceries and have him weigh on in on what the exciting changes are at Good Earth Market, which of course was formerly Fairweather. Spencer Pettit, welcome to The Mountain Life. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, Good Earth Market is a Utah-based chain, I guess you would call it at this point. There are about nine stores, is that right? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. And it's a, it's a very bold move to go up against a world of Whole Foods. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But We've actually been able to establish a great foothold in the state. Uh, we started 50 years ago down the hill in Provo. And it was during a time when there was actually a lot of uh, questions about um, what would happen with regulation around natural products and things. And so the store actually started as kind of a freedom movement um, to keep natural products in the hands of the people. And uh, over time, stores like this throughout the country, uh, specifically in the West, really influenced that quite a bit and uh, even influenced legislation that protected natural products. And so that's kind of our legacy and, and what we've built upon as we've expanded in just in the state. Can you expand on that, keeping the health in the hands of the people and legislation? What does that mean? Yeah, so, so in the late 60s, there was a lot of questions around uh, natural products, right? There was a, a whole counterculture movement going on that was that was creating questions around uh, psychedelics and, and other things like that. And actually, quite frankly, the, the bigger businesses and pharmaceutical companies latched onto that and started kind of making fun of or, or minimizing the effects of these things, right? And it led to a lot of regulation, which started to threaten even things like essential oils or herbs or other things like that. And so our original pictures with our founders show signs like, freedom of health care and, you know, just stuff that so echoes today, right? And so uh, a lot of that legislation led to a point where um, we started to understand that it was the medical claims that were important to regulate mm -hmm. and not so much the natural products. And so that's how stores like us have been able to grow and thrive and, and uh, still provide these resources to the community so that they can participate in what we would call self-guided care. 
Well, welcome to Park City. Fairweather's been a staple here in in town, and maybe you could elaborate on what's what's new, what's going to change when I walk in. What is it that I'm going to see that's different? Well, first all, first off, we have to say that we're just absolutely honored to be able to step into Park City through this door. Uh, the Jen Rattray, the owner. Uh, at Fairweather, it was just it was just time, and uh, our owner uh, Todd Humphrey, he's just constantly looking for new communities that we can reach with this message, and uh, the, our services, and uh, the timing was just right for Jen, and so after several discussions, uh, she decided to offload that burden of operations and and uh, you know all of the things that go with running a business like that. Uh, off to Good Earth Markets. It has uh, a larger uh, experienced team that can take care of those things. And Jen is still there. She's with us uh, helping run the show and you can still see her when you stop by. So that staple is still very much a part of and, and culture is still very much a part of what's there. But uh, it was fortunate as we started looking at this space that we found out from the landlord, the space next door was available. And so we actually were able to open up a, a passageway between the two and uh, expand it. So we tripled the footprint and completely redid the paint, the flooring, all the things renovated. And so it's just completely refreshed with triple the products available now right here in downtown Park City. The big question, is the cafe still going to be there? I yes. Know everybody loves the cafe. And um, tell us a little bit about, uh, is the menu going to stay the same, change? What's that look like? So uh, as we've gone through the process of assessing all of this, we've actually been really satisfied with the response from the community around the things that they love and have also been able to field a lot of requests. So in the time that you have a cafe like this, it tends to kind of, you settle into favorites and things that people enjoy. And we're anxious to maintain those things. Keep Let's keep the soups going. Let's keep the, the wraps going. All the things that people love. Everybody probably has a favorite smoothie there. And we absolutely are going to keep those things. The What we want to do is we want to begin to expand into what we would call more cutting-edge wellness ideas. There's a lot of things that uh, has come about in the last five to ten years with gut health and also um, with uh, metabolic health that we want to support through the cafe as well. So you will see expansions on the menu over time as we bring those things in. If you're just joining us on The Mountain Life, we're having a conversation with Spencer Pettit. He's the vice president of marketing at Good Earth Market in Park City. That is the former Fairweather. But Fairweather's still still in there because it's called the Fairweather Cafe. And yes, over the years, boy, those salads at the cafe are just the best salads. It, those sort of taught me how to make a good salad at home because of all the wonderful ingredients. And is, is the seating area expanded in there for the cafe? So the cafe seating area has remained the same. Okay, and it's going to continue that, like that? That will now? continue, yeah. We, we felt that it was important to bring in uh, a wider selection of supplements, sports nutrition, organic produce, and things like that, and that the cafe traffic would, would uh, remain about the same. Okay. So you, before we started, said that in the former footprint of Fairweather, Good Earth Market now has that entire space is filled with supplements and nutritional types of things. Mm -hmm. And then the new space is where you'll find the groceries. So 
Wow. I thought that uh, the former Fairweather had a lot of supplements. How have you added on to that? So just as a preface, this is our smallest location in the state. And uh, at 4,000 square feet, it's about a third the size of our next largest store. And so we have a lot to offer. And it, it took a, a quite a bit of engineering and, and layout in order to fit everything in that we want to be able to provide. So not only are you going to find a larger supplement section, right? But uh, now you're going to be able to find a wider variety of uh, supplements and herbs and uh, protein powders and pre-workouts and things like that that a lot of people are looking to use but maybe have just been ordering online or have been, uh, it's been harder to find or you've had to travel all the way to, you know, another store to get there uh, to get those things. On the other side, though, we do have an expanded uh, produce section. We only carry organic produce. And uh, you're going to also find meats. You're going to find an expanded dairy selection, uh, snacks and frozen uh, prepared foods, all of those things that, of course, meet our standards, which prohibit over 100 uh, chemicals and preservatives and other things that are typically found in conventional food. So we've raised that bar so you don't have to worry about it when you walk in the door. I think it's going to be the closest grocery store to my house, so that's a great thing. Um, I know, let's, let's uh, segue into talking about some winter health tips and giving the listeners some ideas behind that. I know, you know, one uh, for sure is, is sleep. Um, it's probably the most important. I mean, I feel like we all want to hibernate in the winter. Can you, like, how, you know, how do you stimulate that? Those of us that can't fall asleep or stay asleep, and what, do you, what do you all offer? So just as a just as a baseline commentary on that, the research on sleep within the last 10 years has just opened our eyes to a lot of important things, most importantly, the influence that it has on immunity. And when you're getting more than six hours of sleep a night, your body's actually able to settle in to its repair methods and procedures that it would like to go through uninterrupted. And that's going to encourage the production of immune cells that are going to protect you, right? Just basically put, right? And as you're sleeping, your body's also circulating those things around. And so it's uh, protecting you from pathogens that may be in your bloodstream. uh, And it's also helping to clear out pathogens that have settled into your fat cells or or other systems uh, just throughout your daily life. Now, we, we can't talk about sleep without talking about the holistic picture of stress and everything else that goes along with it. So if you're struggling to sleep, it's like trying to pin down why you're having a migraine or, or you know, why your hip is sore. Chances are good there's a lot of other things that are tied to it. So the most important thing is that you're going to want to just come in with your specific situation and speak with our staff. Uh, specifically here in Park City, we have a smaller staff, but they are equipped to be able to offer you some guidance and some ideas about what you can do there. Uh, but Everybody is going to be struggling with sleep for different reasons, and I, I don't want to focus on any you know, one too much, but I would say that stress management and balancing your neurological system is a really, really good thing. So you know, rituals before you go to bed, uh, el- eliminating or reducing blue light uh, before you go to bed, all of these things have recently been shown in research to, to um, really improve not just your ability to fall asleep, but your ability to stay asleep and to sleep deeply. Uh, because it's not just, oh yeah, I think I slept. It's, 
it's no, like I woke up and I don't remember where I was, you know, I forgot what day it was and I thought I had to get to school, you know. <laughs> Love that. Um, melatonin, you know, it's, I'm sure that's like, you know, people walk in, hey, I want some melatonin. I mean, what, you know, I feel like sometimes personally it's, I get a little melatonin in me and then I wake up and feel maybe even more tired than when I went to sleep. So, I mean, what do you, what do you recommend? What does your staff recommend for, you know, those people coming in? I love that you bring up melatonin. melatonin. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put melatonin in the same category as caffeine. Okay. And, and uh, the way that we're going to address that is that there are unnatural and natural sources and that there are different effects that it's going to have on you. Uh, and on individuals, right? Some people, some people start diffusing lavender and they end up uh, more alert after that. And you know, why in the world would that work? Now, there are natural sources of melatonin. Tart cherry juice is a big one. And that's a little more enjoyable than just popping a pill for some people. Uh, what, I would, what I would say to the individual is find what works for you. We do carry melatonin. We actually carry quite a few options, gummies and different chewables and things, but that's only one option of many, right? There's, there's so many other options, teas, chamomile teas, and uh, different things like that. There's, there's other things out there, stuff that you've never even considered as, as you walk in and really peruse the whole, the whole sleep section, which yes, we do have a whole sleep section. As you go through that and you'll see different things that you can try out. And that is the beauty of where I started this whole conversation is you get to guide this mm. safely. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of melatonin, we interviewed someone, and it was maybe only like a month or two ago, and I can't remember what she said. She was a doctor who specialized in sleep, and she said now they, uh, there is a supplement that is essentially the tryptophan that we have in Turkey, you know, that, that tr this particular tryptophan, the way it's synthesized or whatever, put into a bottle in a capsule, it actually inspires your body to create more melatonin versus taking melatonin, which then would, you know, disable or it wouldn't require your body to make melatonin. And therein lies sort of the problem with these, these things that we take that are kind of treating a symptom but not creating a cure. Do you know about this tryptophan thing? It's it's got like a letter and a number and then tryptophan. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and say that speaking to that specifically. I could, I could get into the weeds with you guys pretty easily, but I think the most important thing that, to draw out of what you just said, there's a lot of supplements that are being developed that are now focused on the mechanisms instead of you know, encouraging the natural mechanisms that are already in the body instead of just you know, hammering a certain reaction to occur, right? And that was even possible with natural things. But what we're finding, shocker, is that Encouraging the body's natural processes is actually the best way to get results, and especially long-term results where you're not creating dependencies or affecting other systems. One of the criticisms of melatonin is that synthetic melatonin taken often will actually begin to disrupt the body's natural hormone production. Now, why would I say that if we're selling these products? Because it's up to you to find what works for you. Maybe you're looking for a short-term fix. Maybe you're looking for something to just get through a trip with your kids or, mm -hmm. or a business trip away where you know you're not going to sleep well. Whatever it is, we want to make sure we have the tools there for you to choose. Mm. Well, since we're talking about sleep aids, I'm wondering when we will see in a place like Good Earth Markets the... Um, the THC gummies and things like that, the, 
and, and I asked this because of what you said initially in the interview, which was talking about people taking their own health care and having less regulation around these things. Do you see that as happening in the near future? Uh, not only do we see it happening, it is happening. So we actually already carry Delta 9 products in Good Earth, and it's a, it's a fantastic thing in the state uh, to see uh, the laws and, and um, you know, resources uh, evolving with these tools. So uh, we're actually one of the top sources for uh, Delta 9 products. So you'll find uh, THC gummies, CBD products. Uh, you'll find all of this full-spectrum uh, products available uh, at our stores. Can you, uh, I, maybe I'm living under a rock, but can you tell us what Delta 9, um, what, is that some sort of a THC limitation in the products that you're so, offering? Or? Yeah, so Delta 9 is just the categorization of the whole, the whole group of products uh, that, that have these regulations on them. So uh, when I refer to that group, uh, that's, that's basically the, the uh, nomenclature that we're asked to use and, and to adhere to as we carry these things. Now, we're, we're careful with it. These, these products are kept behind lock and key. They're, uh, you know, uh, regulated in the state. We have to follow certain guidelines and things to carry them. Uh, by no means are you going to, you know, uh, get these products and have some sort of, you know, uh, beyond out-of-body experience unless you're abusing them. You know, we're, we're looking at having them be available to people just like, again, coming back to kind of the common theme here is to give people choice. Uh, with, within what's available to allow them to use what works best for them in their situation. So you'll also find, you'll also find um, you know, full-spectrum CBD. There's, we have products that are CBD with no THC. Um, you'll also find things that uh, are um, not in that category. So uh, things like Kratom uh, and, and other uh, resources like that that people are finding useful. Well, you hit on a couple of things, but let's go to Kratom. Um, a really interesting product and you know you hear the super negative you hear the super positive uh, and I'll throw out kind of the mental health thing with the sleep so there's a lot to, to unpack there but maybe you could go into the Kratom first yeah uh, you know again without going into the weeds on it uh, Kratom is very useful for some people uh, according to their needs and what we're really looking at is providing a resource that is going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to contain scary stuff that, that maybe people are afraid of. Kratom is actually a lot safer than, than uh, you know, the regulation or the, the uh, pigeonholing that has happened to it would show. Um, I'm not necessarily over-advocating for it, though, because it's just one of those things that some people find really works for them. Some people find it just kind of actually exacerbates things. These are, this is the beauty of natural products is that they're working with your body and depending on where you're at it's going to create certain balances but it also might pull you back to a place where your body has kind of leveled out um, and uh, might create uh, a new a new normal for you that you're going to need to to work on right so is it is it a leveling of your mental health and wellness i mean it is being used recreationally um you know, that, I think that's where the negative comes in. But like using it, like if I were going to use it, you know, would it be to brighten things up a bit, perhaps? It's, it's going to be more of a calming, it's going to be more calming. of a calming resource. Yeah. And, you know, we live, in, we live in a time where there's so much distraction and so much stress in the palm of our hand. And we just can't put these devices down. 
And, you know, how many times have you had the experience where you're trying to fall asleep at night and then all of a sudden you see something or you even get a text or a message from somebody or something happens that just gets your heart rate up and that's why you're not sleeping. We live in a state of constant stress. That's why I would emphasize the need to balance our neurological system as being one of the primary focuses of, of wellness now because that ongoing stress, that chronic stress, is creating a state that we're always in fight or flight. And so we're reactive and it results in maybe even like anger or it results in sadness. And this is where a lot of the anxiety and depression is, is stemming from is this never ending chronic state of stress that we're in. So when somebody uses something even as simple as melatonin or even just a lavender essential oil or maybe a kratom product or CBD, and they experience that calm for the first time in a long while, all of a sudden it's their favorite thing. So of course they're, they're going to want to keep using that and go, go back to it, but they just need to find what works best for them and what allows them to have the best experience long-term, because that's what this is all about. It's not just about a quick fix, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, Spencer, you're the VP of marketing for Good Earth Markets, but you also sound like you're pretty well-versed in the whole, you know, natural health care world. I'm curious about the training. I know Jen Rattray, you know, she's been in the business for so many decades, and she's just amassed so much knowledge over that time. But is there training or certification or you know how do you all learn what you learn yeah so there's countless certifications out there you can go to all sorts of accredited and unaccredited sources for certificates and and endorsements and all sorts of education right we live at the same time that we have this high stress you know uh, experience with our devices always around us and and just constant input we also live in an amazing time where there's a lot of resources uh, online like YouTube and and uh, you have direct access to expert uh, podcasts and other things like that. So uh, my journey actually started back in 2011. Our second child had been born and my wife decided she wanted to do things better. And um, our oldest had had an experience, a bad experience with an antibiotic. And so my, my wife was wary of that and just started researching like crazy, everything she could get her hands on. And she just, she was reading through entire blogs, health blogs. And it was around that same time we were introduced to uh, what you would call plant medicine or alternative medicine, uh, specifically essential oils. And uh, that began our journey. That was kind of our, our foot in the door to realize that there were really efficacious and powerful alternatives out there that would allow us to guide our own healthcare. And I'm telling you right now, as cool as being healthy feels, the analogous great feeling that goes with that is to feel that you are empowered to actually guide your own healthcare. And that doesn't mean that we're anti-doctor. It doesn't mean that we're anti-hospital or any of that. But again, those stereotypes have really been inflated over the decades. And it's, it's not fair because we are actually consulting with health experts all along the way. So through all of that, that's been my learning is is uh, experiential and and researching those things as far as our stores go um, our stores outside of park city as we ramp up here we, we will eventually have full-time wellness consultants on staff in park city at our other stores down in the valley from uh, riverdale down to spanish fork you'll find a full-time staff of certified wellness uh, wellness consultants that you can actually come in and talk to we put them through a rigorous certification program mm. in order to be qualified to speak to our customers on the floor. 
there's an apprentice program that goes with that. We don't just put anybody out there. Great. So right for right now in Park City, we've got Jen, who is there still full time, right? Jen Rattray. Yes. So she's she's your consultant. So for... yeah, sorry. To, uh, Jen is still there. Uh, we also have other staff there. Um, the, uh, the, the folks who are helping run the store right now are among our leadership team. And so you're going to be seeing like our, our uh, director of uh, of uh, uh, like our buying directors up there, we have our uh, director of product development, um, we have our training director up there, and so the, uh, we also have our HR director who has been helping uh, run things up there, and all of them, you know, equally knowledgeable and helpful, which is years of experience. So it's no secret we play pretty hard here in Park City. Um, and I want to kind of tap into the movement, and maybe you could just hit on. It, you know, the, I, I love the certified wellness consultant. I could go in and say, hey, look, you know, I'm getting older. Like, w what can I do with protein or what can I do with uh, branch chain amino acid? And what, you know, talk a little bit about that and, and how listeners could maybe come in and, and um, you know, find some magic. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I love that question. We all want to keep playing hard until we're 100. Of course we do. <laughs> I love it. And that's actually one of the things that we've absolutely, one of the reasons we just were running toward getting up here to Park City is because of the active lifestyle. We, we just, everybody, everybody, uh, you know, involved at Good Earth is also equally involved in loving the mountains here. And so to support that, we actually carry the largest sports nutrition selection in the state in our stores and so you know people are like oh wait more than more than gnc more than costco you know so by sheer variety and number of different products that we carry we have the largest selection in the state and what that means is not just variety but accessibility and also the the ability to find something that will work for you or that will become your new favorite uh in some of our popular lines you'll see just multiple flavors, right? And that's kind of a fun thing. So if you're talking about, about BCAAs, branched chain amino acids, these building blocks of muscle, and, and they're so important for people who are, uh, you know, working on building muscle, building endurance, things like that, to be able to find a flavor that works for you, <laughs> that means it's usable, right? And so you have these people who are, who are uh, you know, wanting to increase their performance, but they just can't get around that coconut lime flavor just does not work for me, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of fun. But uh, in addition to that, again, we're seeing so many advancements in supplementation lately that, uh, you know, it's almost monthly that we're learning about something new. Like, for example, if you're, if you're trying to build muscle and you're not using a creatine supplement, you're really missing out. And it's just been within the last year that we started getting creatine gummies uh, in creatine gummies. I mean, what an easy way to get creatine in your diet. Super fun. Anyway, uh, so we have something for everyone, wherever you're at. Uh, one thing that we love to say is we're just, we're here for your next step. Whether, whether you're wanting to get more active or whether you're already active and wanting to improve your performance, we're here for that next step. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for joining us today on the Mountain Live. Spencer Pettit, the VP of Marketing and uh, all-around uh, good guy who knows a lot of things <laughs> at Good Earth Market here in Park City. It's the former Fairweather. You can still go in to Fairweather Cafe if you are uh, attached to, you know, and a lot of us are, what has gone on for three decades 
at over three decades at Fairweather here in Park City. So thanks a lot for coming in and joining us on The Mountain Life. Thanks for having me. And thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Life here on KPCW Park City 93.3.